One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Bijou Podcasts. That's interesting that you say that because there was a whole process where you had to completely accept the idea because of your sickness or mm. what the cancer mm. that there was a chance that you wouldn't have children. Yeah, yeah. I had never, ever, ever considered that. No, no. Welcome to Couple Goals Question Mark. I'm Stace. Hello. Uh, oh, sorry. I jumped right in there. I'm Ben Jenkins. Hi, guys. Hello. This is our final episode for season one. Yeah. How, a- how, I was about to say how sad, but not really. No, 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 no. It's been, <laughs> it's been, um, it's been, well, it, I'm not, so, I don't want to say it's been tough. It's been, um, uh, it's been intense, you know. To talking about some of these uh, topics and um, talking through them means that you have to relive them. Totally. And I think as well, not just relive them, but in our case, uh, I think it's like episode three or four, um, the miscarriage episode, or maybe it was another one. I learned things about mm. you and the experiences that we've had through trying for a baby. So, of course, you can go back to episode one and two if you want to hear about why we are a couple talking about our fertility treatment. Mm. Um, and we encourage you to do so if you're jumping on here now. Yeah. Um, but today's episode is going to be essentially a question that I think all couples that are trying for a baby need to ask themselves yeah. and need to ask themselves and ponder across 24 hours incredibly seriously. Yeah, I think it's a question that that would be uh, very hard for people to ask themselves and probably just push right back to the back of the mind. They just don't even approach it. I think it's really important because for us, and we'll talk about it in a sec, it was incredibly freeing but incredibly frightening to go there. Mm. But if you want to go back and uh, have a listen to all of the other uh, episodes we've recorded, please go back to get an idea of um, where we've come through. Uh, So that's everything from uh, covering miscarriage to uh, helping each other along the process, how to be there for each other, uh, our story and how we got here, what the difference is between IUI and IVF. Um, So please go back and have a listen. Uh, and, you know, we'd greatly appreciate if you would like to leave a rating and review as well. Uh, You're so uncomfortable saying these parts. Yeah, well, I don't usually do it. This is a new thing for me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help out. I'm trying to help, you know, do a little bit of the... Do a little bit of the uh, the heavy, heavy lifting. lifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it does help. It does help. And it is an awkward topic to often say 
that you're listening to it. So I know that it's uncomfortable, but even, mm. you know, if you can do it a, a, a different name or whatever, whatever you can do to support the show. And if you haven't already, we do have a Facebook community that is constantly talking to each other. Yeah. Um, it's in our show notes. Um, anybody trying for a baby is more than welcome to join. Mm-hmm. Um, there, It's a really good place to ask questions. Some questions we can answer, some questions we can't, but someone in the community has likely been through something that you're wondering. Yeah. So, and just a lot of people going through the same journey there to support you and, you know, for you to hear stories from other people to make you feel less alone, basically, yeah. just like the podcast. Yeah. So um, I'm sitting here a bit sticky. I'm sitting in a spray tan because we're on to, off to Studio 10 tomorrow to talk about exactly this conversation. Yeah. Um, well, not the exact question that we're about to pose to you, but just we'll our talk about story. about the ABC Life article that we... That we <sighs> yeah, I wonder how much they're going to actually focus on that. I think it's more... I think they're just more asking us questions about the fertility part, I mm-hmm. think, more than the prostate cancer part, whereas yeah. that was probably more half and half, maybe more prostate cancer. Well, I think one leads into the other. So Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. Anyway, um, you'll be able to watch that on um, on my socials or at stacyjune.com or anywhere it'll be up mm-hmm. at some point when, by the time you listen. But, yeah, just trying to set a scene where it's like at nighttime here, Ben's got a glass of red. Mm-hmm. Um, Quite rare for me, I'm not mid-week, drinking, midweek, so. <laughs> midweek wine. Yeah, it's mm. well. Sometimes we do it. It's been a weird, a weird day for me. I've had a weird day, and then I realised it was like a full moon. I was like, you know, I went into work with every intention of having a productive day, and then I was just putting out fires all day. Mm. And I came home and I was like, <sighs> mm. just need to unwind. Mm. It is an interesting thing to continue to talk about this quite publicly. Mm-hmm. I must say, like, obviously, when we do it on this show. It's in the comfort of our own home. It's at a time that we choose. We always check in with ourselves to see if we really feel like doing it. Yeah. To be honest, we don't mo- – mostly we don't. Like we do it because we want to do it yeah. and we think it's important to do it and we're passionate about the conversation. But if, you know, it's 8 o'clock on, at a night time and we're just hanging out, it's so easy to flop on the couch and mm. just kind of not hash up more of this journey. And so when you're living it – it's just oh, you don't necessarily want to bring it out. But mostly when we finish the episodes, we feel better, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like a lot of the times, it's like I've noticed it's been surprisingly cathartic and therapeutic to uh, to have sat down and talked something out. Like mm. you didn't realise that you need to, like we all know that talking through things and getting them out really helps you deal with things mm. or process things. But you but have to force yourself to do it. It's like even yeah. a girl in my coaching group said today, She's been really positive the past week, but she had to work really hard at doing that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, being positive is not the easy part. The easy part comes after you do the hard part, which is being positive. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It's true. That's, that's, the, that's the breaking through. Yeah, that's the yeah. that's the pushing through the wall, the overcoming the obstacle. Yeah. And then, you know. But positive looks like a, a flowery word. It looks like it mm. should be mm. the sunshine word. It should be easy. We have this hard expectation work. that positive should mean it shouldn't be hard. Why is it so mm. hard to be positive? We've got it all backwards. Yeah. Actually, the positive is the hard work and then it becomes easier once you do that part. That's right. So it's just like conversations, difficult conversations like the one that we're about to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had dinner with a friend uh, probably about a month ago now. She's not a friend that I've had for a long time. She's one of those women, she's in the public eye, so I'm not going to say her name because I want to talk really honestly and openly about the conversation and my thoughts about it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is this kind of, just this real prof- prolific, 
voice that is is quite um, powerful in the way that she uses her voice, mm-hmm. and she's also the one of the few people I know that really challenges the status quo. Yeah. And I would like to think I am one of those people. I often land at a more traditional outcome because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. But I think naturally straight up I will question what I've been presented to by society and then once I've put it through a bit of a filtering system of my own, I can land comfortably on my decision. Mm-hmm. She is very much like that, doesn't necessarily land as kind of traditional as I do. So we're talking about the fact that we're trying for a baby. We're talking about the fact that it's been a long journey. We're talking about the fact that it's been fucking hard and that Mm. it's put a strain on us and, you know, we don't really know the end day. You know, we don't know the outcome. Yeah. And she was talking about how she hasn't really had that decision made for herself. Like it, she, she was just kind of going, she's married and she, was, she just wasn't really at a point where she had decided where the kids were for her or not for her. She's at an age where she can probably still dance around that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I hate that sentence because I think oh, I don't like to put judgment on a particular age, but I guess the reality is the reality mm. um, where some people will have a little bit more flexibility to not necessarily have to think about that as much. Yeah, yeah. She's at a bit of a different phase to me. Yeah. Um, so she's younger than me. So she's got a little bit more of that, I guess, flippancy around the topic, whereas yeah. Yeah. I had to kind of decide – you know, whether I want this or not. And if I do, then buckle in, you Mm -hmm. know. And so we did come from different positions from that perspective and I'd very much decided that. I had also decided I wanted children and really wanted to be a mother long before I met you. It really has been a part of what I've wanted my entire life. Yeah, since you were a little girl. Yeah. Yeah, daydreamed about it. That's right. Yeah. And so when she asked me this question, there was two two things that she asked me during this dinner. One of them was about my work and I can't remember specifically what that one was because my work hasn't really been the biggest focus of my life at the moment. Things have shifted a little bit over the past 12 months and it's definitely been starting a family. Mm -hmm. So it's funny. Ironically, I don't really remember specifics, but it still shook me a bit. I couldn't answer her and I have a fucking answer for everything. Too true. I just do. Yeah. And I, she, stumped, she stumped me. I, I didn't have an answer to her question about mm. work. Mm. And then I didn't have an answer to her question about starting a family. Yeah. And that question was, what does life look like for you and Ben without children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I came home that night and I had a really good time. I felt like I'd been challenged And this, again, was probably the first kind of catch-up one-on-one we'd had. I'd caught up with her in groups and worked with her in the past. Uh, But we hadn't really had kind of that intimate really, you know, just that time, that that one-on-one time. So I did walk away a bit unsure about whether I enjoyed myself or not. You know, I was like, shit, I was completely... And I'm sure people would walk away from having an exchange with me like this. So it was kind of exhilarating on one front because I was like, oh, my God, I met someone that challenges me. I never meet people like that. And then I went to bed laying next to you. You were already asleep by the time I got home. I'd had a couple glasses of wine. Mm -hmm. I think I Ubered it. I think you dropped me off. So I'd had a few wines. You know when you're wondering whether you're pissed or not, like, just kind of. <laughs> and I and I, I just have was, another, I was a couple more. I was just feeling confused about how I felt. I hadn't really thought at this point that the questions had startled me at all, but I just felt confused by 
what kind of a night I'd had. Mostly mm. I felt great, but I was a bit confused. I woke up the next day and I think it was one of the first things I said to you. Is it, You said, how was your night? Mm. And I said, it was really good, but she asked me a question that – she asked me a couple of questions, but one in particular that I've woken up like, boing, it's right on my mind. And that is that I couldn't answer her – when she asked me, what does life look like for us without kids? Mm. It's because we just don't think about it. No one who's trying to have kids or moving in that direction to start try and start a family is thinking that um, until you go through some struggles. Had and, you ever thought about it? Because um, I don't remember look, what you I, said I to think, me. I think I had thought about it, obviously, because... Um, I'd had surgery that meant it was going to make it a lot harder to have a family. So I'd have mm. to, had to think about it then. But I think, I think people who are trying to conceive naturally um, don't really... Or people like me. Mm. You know, like, that's interesting that you say that because there was a whole process where you had to completely accept the idea because of your sickness or mm. what the cancer mm. that there was a chance... That you wouldn't have children. Yeah, yeah. I had never, ever, ever considered that. No, no, no. And so maybe that's why it stumped me more than it had you, because you had considered it. Mm. Not yeah. with me, but on your own. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I don't want to say I'd thought about it, I'd considered it hard, um, but for me, that was a thought that would kind of creep in there, um, you know, the potential for not having kids. And I would just bat it away. Like it was something that you, uh, something that, that I did subconsciously, that little batting away. It's like, okay, um, you've had cancer here. It's going to be incredibly hard to conceive. You may not have kids. Okay, let's not think about that. Um, just move on. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think just thinking about you for a second, that's going to be really hard, you know, when you've spent a lot of time younger and you have a big family where you've, you know, been surrounded by babies, mm. um, cousins with um, aunties and uncles, everyone with kids. So there was, you know, you'd probably go to a gathering and there'd, all, there'd always be a kid around, yeah? Oh, and you, I was holding babies from mm. like age eight or ten, you and know, I, like... I didn't have that. I didn't yeah. at all. I had a very small family. You know, we all we moved over here from the UK when I was younger, so the family got even smaller, and not, I just wasn't surrounded by that kind of life. So I didn't really have that; it, it hadn't really built up over the years. So I hadn't really thought about it so much. Um, but even when I did think about it, the possibility of not having kids, um, like I said, I kind of just batted it away quickly. So when I and it was confronting not just from the children conversation, but it was also confronting for you to look at your relationship mm. because I very quickly had to then consider whether you would be enough. Yeah. yeah. And that's fucking hard. And and I and I thought about it and I felt I fought it, as you said, mm. like you go to not think about it because you don't really want to know the answer. Mm. Mm. And then I pushed myself and thought about it and just breathed a bit for a second. Mm. This is all in before I got out of bed the next day. Yeah, yeah. And I then took a bit of a sigh and remembered what we were like in the pocket before things got serious. Mm. 
that we were at, you know, art exhibitions and talking about travel and mm-hmm. and you love to go to music gigs and, and we have so much in common mm-hmm. and we like to do things together and we get along and, we you know, we're friends but we have things that I feel like we could build where I really quickly, even though it was hard to get there, took a bit of a sigh of relief and went, oh, okay. It would be kind of like what it was like when we first got together. That would be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it kind of changed the game for me a bit. Yeah. Like I reckon I felt different after thinking and properly thinking that. Yeah, and I, th- I think I felt that around that time because I had – a, there was a, a period where um, I had a lot of trouble dealing with that, if you remember, um, where I was just had this real fear of of, um, of uh, you leaving. Yeah, you were and going it, and through that. And it was what well, yeah. my fear, which was that un- subconscious um, tape that plays in in the back of your mind. There's many people call it different things. Mm. Um, you know, Brene Brown calls it the shame tapes. Melissa mm. Ambrosini calls it the you're in a mean girl. girl. Yeah. Um, was telling me that I wasn't enough um, mm. and that um, I wasn't good enough. Mm. So, you know, it was right then that I had to do a lot of work to kind of overcome that. But that mm. was when it became real for me. That was when I had to start thinking about that. Mm. Like I said, I hadn't really thought about the fact of, of being childless um, and that was when it, was be- it became real because I think I'm naturally like that. I've had to do a lot of work with that as well is putting myself and bringing myself into the frame and thinking about myself first because I would think about other people more than I would myself mm. and I didn't process it for myself but as soon as, as as I saw it on your face and saw you dealing with it, I was like, okay, shit, this is real. Mm. We need to, we need to and confront I had, this. And I had to take out the adoption thing too because the adoption yeah. thing had been a real um, – oh, it's even hard to say this but it had been a real safety net for me yeah. Because I'm so open to adoption, mm. it allowed me to never have to go there because I just thought this fight will go on until I meet my child. And I mm. still to some degree believe that. Mm. But at yeah, the you same... Had to, you had to know that plan before we went into even trying. Yeah, because then what if something happens there and you know what I mean? Like you have to also then realise that you've got to find a life to live in the process mm. that... You know, if this was to go on for 10 years like it does for so many couples and and they live in this life for so long Mm. and I knew – so there's a few things that I learned. I learned that the adoption was a bit of a safety net for me and I needed to remove that as well. Mm. And I remember saying this to her at dinner, you know, I'm really open to adoption. She was like, no, I'm not – I'm saying you can't. No kids. Like she was just really pushing me there. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, how fucking... And I was a bit full on, like, inside. I was like, how fucking dare you say something like that to me? Well, it's probably a question that she wanted an answer to as well for herself that she probably thought about but was really probing someone else because she was just like, I need to know what your answer is on this. Yeah, and I... Because I have no idea how I would approach this. Yeah, and I, um, I, I don't think... And I have never told her my answer since yeah, you know yeah. because it was really for me i needed to figure that out for myself but well, it's not an things, answer you can give the top of the top of your head well right? maybe it is because you've asked yourself and maybe after well, you, you listen to this yourself, podcast yeah, yeah.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So the first thing was that I had to remove the adoption thing, and that was an important part of the process for me to really get real with this question because mm-hmm. that was a bit of a safety net. And the second was... It made me ask myself, how long would I keep us in this life or how long would we choose to be in this life of limbo for? Yeah, yeah. Because when I mentioned earlier that other couples had gone through 10 years, mm. I knew in that moment when when I allowed myself to think we will be okay if this never works out for us, mm. I felt very empowered to make decisions that were for us not from a potential baby or a baby we'd never met or our baby. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I felt very different that once I, I got that kind of energy back that we were first. Yeah. And we've spoken about this in other shows, but and I know that you've told me, you know, at times when we've taken breaks or we've had rests from this, you've said, you know, we're first and they've been really yeah. poignant, important moments. But this was different. Like I really saw us as a couple again yeah, and not a couple trying to conceive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I all of a sudden started to think about my life mm. and the way I wanted to live it and the way I wanted us to live it and the way I wanted our marriage to be and all these conversations that you have before you're trying to conceive. Yeah, and yeah. it was really great for me and for us because that is our life, you yeah. know, and and – at that point when I was coming to this realisation, we were in it, you know, like, mm. again, about ready to go in for another try. Like, And so it's like it's so much harder sometimes when you're about to go into a treatment too. Yeah. Like you're so in it. It's all-consuming. That's but, the thing. But that's the point. It was able – that answering that question honestly was able to take me out and take me back to the fucking woman I am, mm-hmm. not the, mo- the 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 mother to be woman that I have yeah, become, yeah. Yeah. and so it was just it just was really empowering for me to answer that question honestly. Mm. It didn't necessarily for a couple of days. It kind of shifted my, you know, it wasn't it. I wasn't like I didn't want to have a baby after that, but it did shift yeah. things a bit. And then obviously they went back to the fact that no, I'm a woman that has always wanted to mother and that wants to make a family with you. Yeah. So, you know, that place, you get back to that place if that's where you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. But it just was a really great um, kind of road that I went down Mm. to just bring myself back into a woman that was very, very, very muddled and consumed on a very foggy road, you know, and... Rightly so, but it just that particular question really helped me get some clarity about who I was and who we were again without this process. Well, it brings you back to reality, doesn't it? Mm. Because the rest of it is is a I don't want to say fantasy. It's not a fantasy. It's hopes and dreams that you have for the future. It's 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 who you who you want to be. You want to start a family. You want to be a mum. Uh, you know, I want to be a dad. Um, but sometimes you can get really caught up in that and forget 
who you are right now and who you both are and what your relationship is and how much you love each other and and why you're wanting to be a parent in the first place and that is that you love each other and you want to expand that love and that can get really confusing because when yeah. you're in it you think about the child you want mm. and you forget that it's it stems from a marriage that you found. It's from a person that mm. you found. It's from a love that you found first. Yeah. You forget all that so quickly because now it becomes about this family picture yeah. and you jump past all the steps that made you get there because it's just so consuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, and- you can get obsessed. You can get quickly obsessed. I know, um, you know, I've met couples um, who are in a similar situation to us but have been going a lot longer who – and IVF. Di- and IVF and have more, more difficulties than us um, who are just in it the whole time, you know, 24-7, seven days a week. Uh, honestly, and there is absolutely no right or wrong way to do this, no. but there is no fucking chance in hell I could do it without breaks. No, I agree. No yeah. Way. Yeah, you need to you need to release the pressure valve. My That's, anxiety is too bad. Like, there's no yeah. way, and my yeah. body my body just wouldn't let me. It just would be not worth the time. Yeah, yeah. And I've had I've had you know similar to you've had uh, adrenal fatigue. I've had like a little mini uh, collapse in the past. I don't I don't want to call it a breakdown, but it was you know something similar to that. Um, and before we met. Uh, and I know what it's like for pressure and pressure and pressure and pressure to build up and build up and build up. Um, and then for you to just kind of your, your body and your mind to just go, you know what, you're not going to take a break. We're going to take one for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know that you need to let that, like I said, let that pressure valve off every now and then. Otherwise the pressure is going to build up and your body's going to, the body's going to, um, little, it's going to let it go somehow and you yeah. won't have control over that. So I think our homework as we wrap up season one is is exactly this homework, is that we can't really predict or I guess have an idea of how this conversation or how this question is answered for each mm. of you listening. But I do encourage you to ask yourself the question and to answer the question honestly anyway. I think it's a question that we all need to ask, regardless of if it ends up becoming our reality or not, simply mm-hmm. to find our way back to ourselves. Yeah, and I think that's I think you're right. We really do need to come back to who we are in these moments. And um, yeah, we need to continue to recognize that that we are two people, and that's whoever you may be, a guy and a girl or a, a girl and a girl or a guy and a guy uh, in a relationship. You have the love. Or by yourself. Or by yourself, yeah. Yeah, yeah the donor. Right. Yeah. We've got a few of them in the, in the couple yeah. of group I've, too. Yeah, I've got friends who've, who've, who've done that um, similarly. Um, but you have to come back to who you are and why you wanted to do it in the first place and not get so caught up in it. Because, you know, as a society, you know, we do have that kind of will to win, so to speak. And yeah. that can kind of take over as well. You know, it's just we must succeed. We must succeed. Um and I think the other question to ask yourself is, what does it mean if you don't have it? Mm. If you don't get that win, if you don't get the children, if it doesn't look like the way that you wanted it to, yeah, you know, how much meaning are you putting into the picture that you at the moment have no control over? Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard one to, uh, to ask because yeah. 
Of course, everybody, you can so quickly then, even my mind starts coming in and going, but other people don't even have to worry about that. They just get the meaning and you're just the yeah. victims and the just all of those kinds of thoughts come straight in. And, and rightly so. It is a really hard thing mm. to watch people just very naturally have families all around them. But the reality of this situation is not everybody will get that. Yeah. And, and also, if... And when you do, and if and when we do, Mm. we're not sure how that's going to look. Yeah. And so asking yourself some of these hard questions along the road, I think, allows yourself to, uh, I don't know, surrender into the idea that you are putting your eggs in a basket, (laughs) literally, (laughs) um, without necessarily knowing the outcome. Like there is some form of gambling that comes to this game that is life. and. It's not just fertility treatment. There's lots of different ways that people do gamble with different mm, things. Mm. And often you'll be like, this is worth it for me. Mm. Um, and that's brilliant. And it is for us. We've come to that conclusion. But it's worth stopping and asking yourself some stuff along the way. Yeah, yeah. What's like a compressed version of life? Mm. That period of trying to conceive. You it know, so is. You need to have the lessons, you know, because you, you're, you're being handed lessons to learn from. So you need to go through that process. You need to build resilience because that's what you're you're getting is you're getting taught resilience through the process. And I think every single time you don't have, you know, the answer you wanted or a failed attempt or Mm. there's a reason that that's happening. And I think we have to make sure that we're also, like you said, taking all of those opportunities to learn from them and not ignore mm. and move on. Yeah. Ignore and move forward. Ignore and I'm just going to try the same thing again. Yeah. Like stop, yeah. breathe, say, yeah. okay, what could, what else could be going on other than the it took or it didn't take? Yeah. There's got to be other parts of your life that you're considering as you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think everybody kind of goes, well, it's just science. It's like that one didn't take, the end. It's not, and we don't believe that, you and mm, I. Like, mm. we believe that, no, the the earth, the universe, every, timing is everything. So, where are you at? Like, are you really busy at work? Are yeah, you, what's happening in your life? Yeah, are you yeah. guys needing a break? Because maybe you're fine, but your partner's not. Like, mm. do you need to go and have a look at other parts of your diet? Do you, there's so many elements. Mm. And, you know, people kind of ask a lot about my journey and talk about IUI and that's just so one part of the commitment that I put into this. Like, you know, like I'm at acupuncture twice a week. I change my diet. I Mm. I don't drink. Um, I really like drinking. I um, have pulled back on really hardcore exercise. Like so many things that people say, it's okay to do. Mm. I've chosen to not do them to completely commit. And I just think it's important that, to realise that it may mean you might need to pull back. It may mean you might need to do more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the bit sometimes we don't want to hear either. Mm. I don't want to not drink. Well, maybe you need to. Yeah. But you've got to try and mix it up as you go along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is my point. You can't just keep doing the same thing and then... Yeah, expect to expect a, a maybe, different result. Yeah, maybe your friend did exactly the same thing six times and then got a positive result. Great for them. Yeah. But my advice That's is... That's not your life, yeah. Well, my advice is to make sure you're watching what you're being told. Positive news or negative news, it's all information. Yeah. Yeah. And before we wrap up this season, there's obviously been a really big conversation and a lot of 
I guess, applause or accolade from your end for being a dude to talk about this in in this space. Yeah, yeah. What would you say to the guys listening to kind of wrap up our season one? Mm-hmm. What What's something that you would like them to know that you've gone through or or a piece of advice that, that you've found mm-hmm. has helped you communicate or at least, you know, tap into being as open as you have been? Yeah. Well, I, I, being so open is not an easy thing to broach. Um, but the thing that I've learned, probably the, the biggest thing, and this is going to sound like it comes from a meme or something like that, but the biggest thing I've learned is that being open and honest really does open the door for people to come into there for you. It really does open the door for empathy. It really does open the door to connect with others. And support. And support. Mm. And and I think the biggest reason that we don't open up um, and be honest about where we are at in life and, and what we're going through is we're just worried that people will judge us for being anything less than perfect. And that's just not going to happen. And I think for guys particularly – you know, we're taught to be stoic and strong and hide our emotions and just move along. It's like I was watching that documentary yesterday, which you felt quite uncomfortable watching. Maybe he was a bit of a dick, but it was about Frank Williams, who was like the Formula One. Um, They're uh, all chauvinistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, they were, they were. Like, he was the, the, the but I, I think that's just what he was taught, um, who was Frank Williams was the boss of the Williams um, Formula One racing team. Um, and he was just completely of the belief that men should not show their emotions. His wife died. He Worse, anyone. Wouldn't read her autobiography. His daughter. Yeah, yeah, his daughter. It was the perfect example of, of a certain generation of men who were raised that way. Um, and all it does is just leave him closed off. He's not. He doesn't have a relationship with his kids, either of his sons, his daughter. Um, he doesn't communicate with them. He's just cutting himself off to half of the half of life's experiences. So if you if you do that, you're just you're just shutting yourself out to some good stuff and closing the door to great personal growth. I think the other point on that is is that maybe your lesson is to start talking through this process so you can be a better dad. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, because I've said this on For the, the next show generation. before. Yeah. yeah, I've said this on the show before. So much of our fertility treatment has already proved to me that I'm going to be a better mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so maybe some of the lessons that we're all here to learn together in this community of trying to conceive and fertility Mm. treatment and whatever else is our, um, you know, the bow to add to our collection is for us to be better parents. Yeah. yeah. And so, again, like I said, go back and and look at what you can be doing. And that's personal growth as well as physical growth if you're a chick yeah. but yeah. particularly for dudes don't think that energy or personality shifts or life lessons or personal growth isn't a part of contributing to up your chances because yeah. Yeah. our belief system is you will continue to get closed doors until you learn the lessons yeah, yeah. so go digging and be inquisitive about what those lessons are yeah. because I- if you don't learn them you're probably going to keep getting the same answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I don't think that, that uh, stuffing this, um, those emotions and those, those feelings uh, and the upset away is making you a better person. It's not. It's not. It might seem that way to you on the outside world where you, uh, you see these guys who are tough and they just get through stuff by, you know, just 
digging in and getting through it. Um, it's not. It's not true. It's uh, you know, real men do cry. That's mm. it's true. That's mm-hmm. that's that's what it is. Because you show the full range of emotions, you are a real man. And I think if you are open and honest about where I where you're at in life as a bloke, you'll see things open up, and you'll have better relationships with your with your wife, with your girlfriend, with your mates, uh, with your family. And look, you know that piece of advice comes, and all of our advice comes from really committed hard work. We fight. We don't always talk nicely to each other. Mm. We have a lot of external help, whether that's therapy or other modalities, alternative therapies that we use. Mm. Ben and I have invested a fortune yeah. into that part of our lives in the last year and a half. Yeah. I'm talking tens of thousands of dollars that we put into making sure that we've learned what we've needed to learn on this process. Mm. So I'm very proud of that, but I'm also very, very clear on the fact that we don't come to those lessons as smug, you know, um, kind of talking from the outside people. Like we've been in the trenches. We are in the fucking trenches Mm. um, and we're there with you. So we say this from complete personal experience that we have come out on top because we've done that work and we'll continue to do it because we've seen that it works and we believe that Mm. that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, And the more we resist that, the more we fight that, the harder we make the journey for ourselves, I think. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. Okay. I think... Uh, so, how's your first season of a podcast been, babe? Well, it, it's been great. And I think, you know, talking about growth, I think I've grown a great deal in these... Uh, <laughs> across these episodes. First time I was sitting in, the micro- in front of the microphone, I was like, I can remember saying to you, I was like, oh, I feel honoured to be sitting across from you. Now I feel like I'm, well, maybe not equal, but uh, I feel... <sighs> Uh, no way. I feel a lot better than I did the first time. A lot less nervous. Uh, more. Op- I feel like I've opened up. I feel like I'm able to communicate a lot better. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that, that that's definitely helped you and helped share your story mm. too. Let's not get carried away. Like the I've got 10 has... years in training, so, you oh, know, sorry, okay. I'm not jumping in saying yeah, I yeah, can no, do I'm your not, job. I'm not. <laughs> that's not what I meant. But my um, point is that you have... Um, I think you've become more comfortable in the imperfection mm, of this process. And mm. and not everybody wants to do podcasts like that. So I understand and respect that. But anything that I've put my name to and anything that I ever really do will always be as as much as I can offer and show mm. the real, mm. you know. And so... Honesty. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's that's been a really big thing to... to to just, I don't know, to sit back and watch. It's been really lovely. Mm. And this microphone's been like a therapist. Mm. It's uh, it's really, uh, it's been like couples therapy. Thank you guys for listening. Um, this podcast is really going to evolve into where it needs to with where we are in our lives. And mm. the next season we're really hoping to be able to expand um, expand a little bit from that, I guess, that path and, and put the spotlight a little bit more on you and your journey and the kinds of things you want to learn yeah. um, and us having and having conversations with professionals and people that do the kinds of things we're talking about for a living every yeah. day, that yeah. know their shit, that can come with some really um, – informative and educational and inspiring advice. Yeah, yeah. So we will be in touch with you uh, when we know 
more about those dates. Mm. And if you do have any thoughts in the process about what you'd like to hear from the show. Shoot them through. Uh, if you've got a guest or someone that you love that you've seen in the media before or you've got a doctor that you think would be brilliant yeah. to talk on the show or you've got your story that you want to share, you can email us at podcast at stacyjune.com. Yeah. Um, you can find us both on Instagram, Stacey June or Benno Giancola. That's me. Um, and we'll put all of that information in our show notes as well. But it's been such an honour. We know who you are. We see our tight little community that has grown little bit by little bit across this time. Much respect. Um, yeah, and we see you. We've said that from the beginning, but we see you. We did this for you. That's right. And um, and we hope that it's been of some, some benefit. Some service. Yeah, yeah, some service to you. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Bijou Podcasts, the home of Taboo Conversations. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.